I'm high. Success set my soul on fire. The hottest nigga on the block. I set the road on fire. The whole globe, no I. Got that ill flow and ain't no antidote for this shit. I'm about to infect your whole following and conquer your shit. And leave you on the back burner like them leftover grits. I swear to God, the whole world gonna respect this shit. Claw. Well, nobody told me you were supposed to be easy. Life has its ups and downs. It ain't no secret. I was younger. So far behind that they ain't seeing me. All the F's in school eventually brought out the G in me. Had to break it down on some extra shit. We on some break down, break me on some break down. And what up? With no food in your belly, nigga. Two end breads with the peanut butter jelly, nigga. I really used to live like that. We used to go to sleep just to not feel like that, for real. I used to tell my mama I was gonna be rich and I would buy everything and she wouldn't put up with no shit for no nigga. Buy this just to hit Sandy's son, he the shit. You better not forget, you ain't heard about John John, sir. The fuck you been at? And no, I meant that. I'm an uncle now. Shout out Brooke, that's my princess. Nah, we ain't famous, but my nigga, yeah, we been set. <laughs> okay. Bars on bars. I love cool. this song. Absolutely. So, welcome to Multiple Streams by Any Means, a podcast geared towards showing our people different, unique ways to make money, while also putting a spotlight on entrepreneurs, business professionals, and content creators. I'm your host, Bam. This is my boy, Jason Wide Pro. And man, today we got uh, John Claw, the uh, the magnificent John Claw. I'm saying like the athlete turned street dude turned rapper turned video guy you know what i'm saying this man do it all from play football to make movies man i'm talking real movies like you can really go to tubi right now and see some of his movies man so we got my man john cloud like he said man and uh welcome to have you my brother yes sir man glad welcome, to be here welcome man. welcome good to be here good to be here with y'all brother man i appreciate y'all for bringing me on man it's a blessing to be here man i'm thankful and man i love what y'all doing man salute i've been checking out everything y'all got thus far and when y'all called me you know what i'm saying I'm honored to be here for real Hey, nah, for real, man. Um, definitely, definitely glad to have you in the house, man. So, uh, I started off, man, just like this, man. So, where you from, Claude? Uh, I'm from Georgia, small town in Georgia. My town called Forsyth, Georgia, Monroe County. See, when I say Forsyth, people be like, oh, yeah, I heard about it. Like, it's two Forsyths, you know what I'm saying? You got the you got the black Forsyth, you got the white Forsyth. I'm from Monroe County, Forsyth, Georgia, you know what I'm saying? Like, close to Macon, Georgia. Okay, so the other Forsyth, like north, like near Gwinnett. Yeah, you know, a lot of the races still took place there, Forsyth County, you know what I'm saying? But uh, that's really Alpharetta. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on, what's, so what's your county? What's the county? My county is Monroe. 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 Yeah, Monroe I didn't know county. it was a difference, bro. Yeah, it's a difference. It's a difference. You know, you got your Forsyth County. That's where Oprah went and did her show it in the early 90s. Like, in Forsyth County back in the day, like, the white people bought up all the land and... uh like, if you was black, you couldn't live out there because they wouldn't sell you the land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just like a white community back in the day, and everybody think about that place, and they think of the racism and all the stuff that came with it back in the day. But it's like, nah, that ain't where I'm from. Yeah, okay. <laughs> from the south a, I'm from the south, middle Georgia, you know what I'm saying? Georgia, okay. 478, our area code, 478, middle Georgia, you know, Forsyth, Georgia, Monroe County, 7 City. That's where I'm from. That's what's, what's up, up, man. So about an hour away from Atlanta? Yeah, about an hour away. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'm glad to know it's a difference, man. And, um, yeah. wow. So, okay, man. So, growing up, man, um, 
What was you up to growing up? I saw a couple football pictures, man, but I can't just paint you as an athlete without, you know, asking you your story. Oh, uh, yeah, I was an athlete growing up, you know, from a kid. Like, I just had an athletic background, you know, my parents and relatives, athletes, and, um, you know, I had no choice but to be an athlete. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I've been a lot, bro. I've been so many stages, but by the time I got to high school, yeah, I was I was a high school athlete. Could have went to college. I didn't really want to go to school. My family felt like that was my first time I really let my family down when they realized that, like, I really wasn't focused on college. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they thought I was going to go to the NFL like everybody else in the family. Yeah. So when you yeah. said athlete, what kind of sports? Um, you for, the most part, for the most part, football, you know, like – I'm a really great basketball player, but I never really played for the team, for school and stuff like that. Cause like we always went to the playoffs and football was so tiring that it's like as soon as we get some off time, I ain't trying to do nothing else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, for the most part, football. Football was always my thing. Um I was an MVP, you know, of everybody. Like big trophy. I always used to be in the newspaper, score a lot of touchdowns, and you know, it, it was fun while it lasted. I learned a lot from football, man. A lot of lessons that kids don't learn these days. Like, you learn to respect somebody other than your parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to actually learn to connect with somebody other than the same color as you. Yeah. And to trust somebody, you learn to not be selfish. You learn to win together. You learn to lose together. You learn to encourage other people and how to, when you make a mistake, somebody else, you know, you made a mistake in front of everybody and everybody, yo, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Next time. Take accountability kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff is skills that I learned from football. Now that's what's up, man. Um, I used to tell my parents that I used to want them to put me in sports, and they felt like it was taken away from school. But I'm like, as I get older, you learn a lot, bro. Like you're saying, teamwork. Um, like you kind of get rid of stage fright too. Like if you out there on the field all the time, I know with football you got the helmet on and it helps you out. But when you playing sports in general, man, you playing like in front of a lot of people, so. I remember my first time, a couple times, just doing something like a presentation in front of people. Bro, I get nervous, bro. People got their eyes on you and stuff like that, yeah. man. So, it that easy. Yeah. What position you played? I played. Uh, I played fullback. Okay. Yeah, like fullback, and uh, my coaches just moved me back off the ball, and they, they would just give me the ball every damn time. It was just basically like the other team know that number thirty nine gonna get the ball, and, <laughs> but you still had to stop me. You know what I'm saying? And man, I just always just the grind that I have relentless with what I do in my brand, I'm the same way. I was the same way with football. Like, yeah. I had a motor, and it was just like, bro, I was just nonstop. You could tackle me a little bit first quarter. Second quarter, you do a little. By the third quarter, they tied. You know what I'm saying? By the fourth <laughs> quarter, I'm I'm running past. Like, by the time I get the ball, the same person who was tackling me 30 minutes ago, by the time I get to you around the third, fourth quarter, I can see you just – <laughs> like I got to the point bit. where sometimes I would run to the backfield and I would get to the backfield and I could see the person finna tuck me. He got an eye closed, like bracing for the hit. And yeah. then I would just go around him. I'd just jump yeah. over. <laughs> nah, yeah. what's up, man? So fullback. Um first you made it to was uh high school. What was the name of your high school, man? Uh shout out to my city, man. Shout out to Morrow County. My high school was called Mary Persons High School mm. in my hometown, you know, population of four thousand. We only had one high school. Oh. Yeah, so, like, when you play a sport and you start, like, you really got to be pretty good because there's only one team, one school, and only so many people can be on the field at a time. So the best play, you know what I'm saying, for the most part, anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
They talking about 39, man. They gonna retire your jersey? No, I don't think they gonna retire. I just seen a couple slackers wear it. <laughs> <laughs> they I just seen a couple see. slackers with my jersey. I got my jersey at home in my office, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. They could have retired mine. But I didn't have some, man, I had some great people in my family play sports. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's expected of us. It's mm. expected. I had a cousin just won uh, the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chief. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dead serious for yeah, real? Yeah, dead serious. It's in y'all blood. Yeah, it's in our blood. It's Dang. in our blood. There's some people that play better football than him that's sitting on the park drinking a beer right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just in our blood. <laughs> nah, that's how it is, bro. The uh, best NBA player probably under a bridge. I ain't going to say under a bridge, but he probably in somebody's basement right now, man. Wish he kept working out and whatever, man. So uh, growing up, did you do anything like entrepreneurial? From your perspective to stand out, you just put most of your hustle into sports. Man, I've been a, I've been a hustler like all my life. Like I ain't never not been a hustler for real. So it's like, uh, starting out at a young age, I can remember seventh grade, mm -hmm. um, being in middle school, and I had, I was okay. So I'm hanging out with my mom one day. So for people don't know, my mom's a singer. My mom sing with. A lot of people, she did a lot of live band stuff and uh, as a kid. So I went with, with to FedEx Kinko's. For y'all kids who don't understand, back in the day, <laughs> we didn't have social media. So my parents would go to FedEx Kinko's and print their flyers on paper. And uh, my mom was talking to this guy. They had a lot of gold jewelry on, and he introduced himself. And uh, he gave me some team party flyers. And he was like, yeah, man, go to your hometown, pass them out. And uh, it's for teen night. And you can come, and when you get to our club, I'll let you and your friends in free. I said, all right, cool. So I took the flyers, passed them out in my hometown, and my cousins them found me. They was like, hey, man, you the one passing out these flyers for club money? I said, yeah. They said, where you getting them from? I said, from this dude named G-Money. They said, you know G-Money? Mm. I said, well, my mama know him. I got his phone number. They said, look, G-Money, he has a club, and T.I. and Bone Crusher going to be performing on such and such day. We want to perform at that day. Ask him. My mama telling me, John, you just got in with this. Man, don't be asking nothing else for nobody else. My cousin, them older than me, they drug dealers. They getting money and shit. <laughs> but, you know, I want to impress them. So I go and see G Money. I say, hey, check this out. My cousins don't want to perform, and they want to open up for it. He valued my mom so much, he didn't want to tell me no. So he just like, so he threw out a number that would probably run him off. He was like, just tell them give me $1,000. They going I'm like, okay. You know, most people finna run off on a thing, thing on thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I go tell my cousin a thousand dollars. They all start pulling out bankroll, putting their money together. They older than me. I'm young, but I'm hanging out with adults. They all start putting their money together. So when G Money told me a thousand dollars, I take the thousand dollars, go see G Money. But I, you know, when I go get the money for my cousin, them, I add on a little extra money. I'm knowing they have money. So, you know, I add on $500 when I go see them. When I tell them how much, they go to pulling out the money they give me. So now I got $500. Yeah. yeah. So I take G money and give him the 1000 When I get G money the 1000 he damn there like, I think he going to come with the money. So G money take 500 and give me 500 of the money. So now I got $1,000. So I'm in the seventh grade, and I just made my first $1,000. That's on network. And, um... All these people is like the big drug. Like all these people, they end up going to the feds during plenty of years. Like they, my family, like made a lot of money. So I'm in the seventh grade, and that night when they had to go to the club to perform with 
and open up for T.I. and Bone Crusher. It's a Thursday night. I'm in the club. I'm in the VIP. I'm in the seventh grade. Everybody drinking, smoking, everybody doing their business. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in the seventh grade. I got to go to school tomorrow. And I'm just thinking, like, I can't wait to go to school and tell them what I just did tonight. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that shit just started seventh grade, bro. And that at that moment, like, I've been John Claude ever since then, man. Ever since. <laughs> so what they perform? Never scared. <laughs> When you're outside of the club, yeah, you know they and they, uh, yeah, they did that right there, and it was lit. You know what I'm saying? I remember T.I. came in. He was this big. Looked <laughs> like he had a bald head. He had one on hardwood classic. Uh, Y'all remember them old yeah, the jacket, them hardwood yeah, classic? Uh, jerseys and Hawks, and he had his hat on tilted to the side. And when they walked in, they were standing back there in the back just waiting on the opening acts and stuff before us. And he just kept looking over there, and T.I. just kept like, who is this young man? <laughs> and that was my first time meeting T.I., bro. I love T.I. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for years, I couldn't wait to get to Atlanta and get my life together and bump into T.I. and say, hey, bro, you remember that time you came to Macon, Georgia, and y'all opened up, and that young dude that was sitting in the club that night, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell him, you know what I'm saying? That damn, that damn near what he had on in the video shoot. Man. They did a video for uh, Never Scared, but... uh. That's what's up, bro. I, mean, I had my first thousand at twelve too, but it didn't come in one day. Yeah. Until like a year of selling candy and going yeah, to the bank right. every weekend. But I got there. Yeah, you was on it. That's the point. You know what I'm saying? But uh the slow grind would help me out because um I was addicted to making money, but small money was cool too, because I knew how to save it. So it kind of keep you out of a lot of trouble. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like certain things I wasn't supposed to be doing at the age of 13. I wasn't even mature as the average 13 year old my age. So slow money kind of kept me as a kid for a while. Yeah. You know, you make a thousand a day, bro. You're an adult, bro. You, you know what I'm saying? Adult. People have no idea how long I was somewhat of an adult. Like, you know, like, um, my grand my grandparents were so strict on my mom that when she was in high school, they made her go to the prom with her cousin. Right. Man, when they could go to school in Clark, Atlanta and Spelman, they say, nah, y'all not going. Y'all can go to the community college down the street. And... You're not even gonna stay on campus. We're gonna pick you up and drop you off. Right. So my mom was like, I ain't doing none of that. So my mom finally rebelled. She had me at 22. Mm. So soon as I would, I was old enough to go somewhere. Like my mom was outside. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful woman, athletic woman. You know, very talented woman. So I was able to go anywhere at a young age. So by the time I was six years old, I was waking up in the morning, leave, waking up at my grandma's house. And just walking out the door, walking to Walmart, like walking 30 <laughs> minutes to Walmart. Unsupervised. At six, you know, and I'm going and I'm opening up little Debbie snacks. I'm eating little Debbie's. I'm opening up toys, hanging out, you know, until they make me leave. And then I walk to the bricks. You know what I'm saying? I get to the apartment. I'm hanging out at the candy lady house, at the bootleg house, and waiting on somebody to smoke a cigarette and flick it outside in the yard. And then when you see the flame in the yard, you go get in that house, start smoking. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like at you a young what age, age? That was, you know what I'm saying? At six, I was going to Walmart. I say about nine years old, though. Yeah, like I was, we was smoking this stuff. Picking up buds and smoking it. We grew up different, you know what I'm saying? We grew up different. My grandma, my grandma told us at a young age, if if you're gonna be selling this, if you're gonna be selling this stuff and you're gonna be out here doing this, I'd rather you do it in the house. Don't be out there in the streets where you get your hands on something, you ain't got no business touching, or somebody tell on you get in trouble. You come home and do it. So at least you'll have somebody protect you if, if somebody pull up. And, you know, but at a young age, you know, like, yeah, man, like, 
We sitting in the house, like, while most kids watching wrestling and shit, we sitting in there with a quarter pound in a bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bagging up shit. Like, for real, man, I saw we at such a young age that I didn't even know what a scale was. I would take a cigar, bust it down, put the weed in the cigar. That's a blunt. I stick the blunt inside the bag and then put my finger. That's a blunt. Now I would sell my blood before I even knew what a scale was. You know what I'm saying? Now I remember we uh I remember me, I remember me and you went in on a, a quarter one time, bro. And we we ain't go in on the quarter. Like I I was hosting, so it was like, okay, I'ma go half. And you know what I'm saying? You wasn't trying to get half, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? It was like a long time ago. And like, you were like, let's have that right there. I don't need no scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> it was a long time ago, bro. I remember it because it was, you brought the story back. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. was like, hey, hell, you know, you was pretty good at eyeballing the perp. Yeah, you I'm know so what I mean? far from that, like, bro. Yeah, man, bro. Like, you, you, I had to grow out of it, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's been a long time, bro. Um, so, so I'm doing the same thing, you know. I'm, you know, I'm detoxing. Yeah, fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm leaving things in the past as well. What you going to say, Jason? I was saying, when did you move to Atlanta and what you started doing when you got to the city? Man, that's an interesting story. So uh, I moved to Atlanta. It was, uh, I got out of high school. It was 2004, it was summer 2004. My birthday came. I turned 18 years old. By the time Christmas came, I went to Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta right after the summer, between Christmas and the New Year, or, I mean, or the New Year of 2005. Moved up to Atlanta, Flat Show Road, Southside, you know, Buffington Road, O'Net, Fairwood Road, you know what I'm saying? That was my area. So when I got up that way, I wanted to be Young Jeezy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Growing up in the country, I used to see Young Jeezy, like, back back to that young age, them cousins I used to hang with, they used to take me to the strip club. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, they would go to the strip club, big bank rolls, and pass out money, and nobody asked for no ID, and we just in the club hanging out. And, uh... So Jeezy was from Macon and had a group called Young Guns. Mm. And they was always at the club. And my cousin them was kind of their competition. We just didn't make good music. My cousin them had money. They Jeezy, the music was just so much better. And like I growing up, I always just so when I got the ATL, boy, I thought I was Jeezy. I wanted to make music like Jeezy. And uh eventually I turned um my own studio, because I didn't have no money. Like, so I turned my own studio into a studio. So I I made my own little, got on clip art on the computer, made my own little flyer, $50 a song. And I would walk up to Banneker High School and pass out the flyers to the kids to come to my studio. And people were skipping school, coming down there to record songs. And uh, they sent somebody down. I got in trouble. And they, they basically shut my studio down. Because mm. kids were skipping school to come down there and record mm. in my studio <laughs> for $50 a song. Nah, I mean, uh, going back to what you were saying, I mean, be honest, that's how I looked like when I first started like seeing you and stuff around the neighborhood. I I was like, that was the comparison I made. Like he'll come from Atlanta, he'd go to Macon, not Macon, but Forsyth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it was like Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you know, when I saw you, I came in the game with money already, and you had a studio, like you were saying, you had one on the south side end, like in Buckhead or something like that. So yeah. that was a comparison. You know, that was a simple comparison I made, bro. Like, gee, and then you go back home and and people like really fucking with you, bro. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like you would get the whole city. Yeah, to, the whole town, right? Damn, they go to Claude Day, but you wouldn't name it Claude Day. You'd make it like a name everybody can feel. But I'm like, yeah, damn, right. he really got his, his city on lock, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just always show love, man. It's just always been, like when it comes to them community things that I do, 
it's easy to call it Claude Day and then put my flyers and posters up everywhere and play my music and make it all about me. But I had to show the people enough love to the point where when it was finally my turn to finally do that, they owed that to me at least. They embraced mm -hmm. me in a certain kind of way to the point now where I can do it whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it, because me and my family didn't showed enough love and poured into the city enough times. You know what I'm saying? Even when people didn't see it, we were pouring into people in places, you know, privately just, you know, just being genuine, showing love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I always came from Forsyth, Atlanta, studio to studio, just relationships. Mm -hmm. being being who you say you are being able yeah. to do what you say you can do mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. doing good clean business because if we talk about it and you're a serious businessman and I'm a serious businessman and it both makes sense why do anything BS because if it wasn't right we would have discussed it then so if we do it right it'll be right yeah. so it's just like folks my face card is, in, is, is major in my you know what I'm saying I do what I'm supposed to do so people do business with me that's how I've always been able to move around and like when you say like I used to have a studio on the south, the south side, and also um, Buckhead, like Far Road area, mm -hmm. that was just meeting somebody, being who I said I would, showing other people love, so much love, making them so much money that there was some left for me <laughs> to the point where whenever I came to the studio, they're like, "Oh, he come, everybody get out." Yeah, John's here. So it was like I'm just always been able to. That's, that's, that's it, man. Show everybody else so much love to the point where when you come through, you respect it. He said he, he showed so much love and made people so much money and still something left for him. That's some shit there, bro. Yeah. I use that method today. Yeah, like, so basically what I got from it, man, don't try to get a deposit until you put in some, I mean, don't try to get a withdrawal until you put in some some deposits. Yeah, facts. You gotta, you can't just be the man. You gotta become the man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't just, you can't just change your name today to, Little Junebug, little little Southside, like nah, you have to become little Junebug, little Southside. People have to respect it. You got to put the work in to the point where when you go outside, people that you don't even know start calling you that. To the point where the people you do know start respecting that you are no longer Tim. Now you're little Southside, and <laughs> if folks respect you differently, and it it, it 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 means something versus you just trying to come up with old cool ass name or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's just what I learned over the year, man. You 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 don't you can't just beat it, man. You gotta become the man. Nah, that's hard. So that boy go do it. You got the music. What else you got? Shoot, man. Well, it's called multiple streams. So, yeah, you know, uh, the music. The music is probably my least. I make the least amount of money on music. Uh, I got the film thing going on. You know, we got the number 14 recommended in the world on Amazon. Number one black cinema on Tubi. Oh, you know what I'm saying? A film called Trust Issues. Mm. I uh, I wrote. I had assistance from a few of my business partners. Um, I directed it. Basically produced it. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, choosing the locations and bringing all the props and telling everybody where to stand and l just leading the pack. You know what I'm saying? And um, that movie came out and did numbers, you know what I'm saying? Tubi do great. First check, probably, you know, in them thousand, probably a good 30-something, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where, like, where it come from, like, a dude rapping all this time, putting in, and then you just finally get get a movie that you do right, and it's like, damn. Okay, <clears throat> so this how I can be? Okay, all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, the same recipe I use with these films and stuff, I've always used with everything. Like, ever since I was young, I would rap. And uh, I would put songs together and everybody would buy my music. And I would 
my goal was to make 500 people buy my CD for $500. I mean, for $5. And I would make a certain amount of money. Then I take that money and rent the club. Everybody come see me perform. Then I take that money and put it with, and now I got enough money to buy new equipment and make better mm -hmm. music. I did that so long till I became a thousand. Now then people got tired of hearing me rap because I really wasn't the best rapper. It's just, it was clever to see a young man figure all that out. Then I would go and put the, take my tape recorder to school and record the teacher talk and put the teacher on the tape. Go get the quarterback. Go get the white boy. Go get the nerd. Put all them on. Then I would promote that day on my tape. Now everybody would buy the tape and I would do the same process again because it was it's just the recipe. They don't yeah. care about me. It's the recipe I'm using. You know what I'm saying? Then I got to where I would do a movie and I really just wanted to make $10,000 in one night and, you know, probably charge get 500 people to come in, charge a certain amount. Like, I've always been based on 500 people get $10 out to the point where it's like, all right, 500 people get $25 out. So my last movie premiere, like now when I put them together, I'm charging $100 and I'm getting 500 people in the building making 50000 in a night. Mm. Yeah. Mark. Same recipe. Damn. Years later, different product, same recipe. And I just go to different cities and I find people who who locked in in their cities and people who really just hold value where they from. And I and I just, I'm humble enough to go to them and let them know, hey, this your city. You know, I want to come in your city. I want to do this. These are the numbers. Look at my stats. I really made this, this, doing that. I feel like with you, we can take it to another level. And, and when they see the picture, they might say, hey, I'm a street nigga. I don't want to be on camera. Well, choose a street nigga from, choose a nigga from your neighborhood that represents your neighborhood with yeah. you. And I go to every hood and they choose who they want to represent their hood. And, you know, I put a, my whole goal is to put a hundred people in a movie. When you got a hundred people in a movie, yeah, they're going to vouch for it. You can put, everybody got a mama, daddy, sister, brother, niece, nephew. It's easy to get 500 people in the building. Yeah. $100 a person. Some folks say, $100, I ain't going that cool. That ain't for you anyway, because I don't want no, I, this This is a $100 party. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is $100 kind of people here. So it's like, and, and that makes certain people say, hell yeah, I'm going, I can't wait to go. Yeah. Because everybody can't get in. Right. Mm. And you got to be dressed a certain kind of way, like red carpet. Yeah. So, you know, like, shit, that's what I'm in. I'm in the, the, the 50K business night. 50K a night business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit like that. That Floyd Mayweather starting off. Shit, I ain't Mayweather yet, <laughs> but but they yet heavy, heavy on the yet. Okay, respect. What you think about uh? What you think about the fight, the uh, Ryan versus uh Javante fight? I don't want to sound lame, but I was learning stuff when I was listening to y'all talk about. It. Yeah. I could cap and act like I be into man. Me and my wife, bro, we might air once in a while. We might we'll watch the playoffs. You know, we went we watched the 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 game before the Super Bowl, the championship. Like, bro, we don't. We might watch. We got our few shows that we look at. We make time for each other. Other than that, man, we focus on not law digital. We focus on the next home. We focus on the next move. We focus on spending time together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my granddaddy, little stuff like that. You know, my community, what I'm going to do. Because I be so far ahead. Just like right now, what is it? Um, it's April. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm in October. I'm working on October work. Shit. Everything that I got ready to drop now, really was lined up last year, you know what I'm saying? Just ready to drop. Yeah. Cause I stay I I, I care that much. You know what I'm saying? Man, she did. Cause basically, man, I like the the formula stuff you was talking about. Basically, man, just like the reason why some people don't really do too well in business because they don't have any type of systems in place, including myself. Sometimes I might like the areas I might be lacking in, I don't really have the best system 
to uh, complement my goals or whatever. So like, what what you think taught you how to create your own simple formulas? You think they came from sports or just you just good at math or you know what I mean? I think it came from being from a small community where I deserved all the love in the world, but when everybody know you, it's hard for them to believe that you becoming who you becoming, that you're doing what you said you would do. And I've always been confident. I told people what I would do, and then I did it. You mm. know what I'm saying? So it's like when you come from a small community, it's like you learn how to maneuver around the people. Mm. Like, I remember I used to first start putting community events together, and I had enough money to do it by myself. Mm. But I knew that people wouldn't come yet. Mm -hmm. So I had to outsmart people. I said, okay, so I'm going to go get homie over here. I'm going to let him put in $200. Get homie over here, let him put in $200. I really need more than $200, but I'm only going to ask you to put in $200 because it's small. It's something that you can't feel like you're losing. Mm -hmm. So if I get $200 over here, $200 over here, $200 over here, $200 over here, now it's five of us included in one thing. And mm -hmm. now I got that many more people to hit the share button that many more people to shout a fly, that many more people to put effort into it versus it's just me as long as just sitting back like, oh, whatever. So I would just include people to make stuff better. You know what I'm saying? I remember once upon a time, I, I included somebody that probably shouldn't have been included. Somebody that might have did something lame once upon a time. My wife put me to the side and say, man, why you going to put him in there? He don't even deserve you. You going to let him shine like you? Don't even do that for him. I said, baby, if I stand here and I got 10,000 followers, I just got 10. But if he got 10,000, when we stand together, that's 20. I said, yeah, I know he a fuck nigga, but we ain't gonna let the fuck nigga. One, only thing worse than one fuck nigga, two fuck nigga. Yeah. So we gonna let him get right here and we gonna put him on camera for five minutes and we gonna make his five minutes look very good. Yeah. We gonna make him look real good for five minutes. He gonna promote his five minutes and all the people who love him gonna watch him for five minutes. And the next hour and 20 minutes, they gonna watch us. Yep. <laughs> and then when that's over with, we got some new fans, some new followers. And out of that five minutes, you're gonna realize that I might not be as bad as you thought I was. You know what I'm saying? And and it'll grow from there. And the Hell more yeah. you do it, the more hundred people films you do to the point where I feel like now nah, I can throw an event. Yeah. And I can have a thousand people show up because of how many hundreds I've showed love to in them films and different stuff you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah that's some real game right there bro. that's dope bro so like yeah you 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 dope at marketing bro um so what i got from this man is um people love themselves so much um that you know yo you being smart and you just reaching out to people for one you including them so they invested in it you know they got skin in the game they own it especially if they spending money or they got five seconds of fame or whatnot but yeah, people love themselves so much, man. You got to understand that, like, yeah, your goal matters, but you got to make, you got to put goals, you got to create goals for other people as well because people want to tell them, they want to tell their stories. Yeah. They want to be on camera. They want to be seen. They want to be special. Like, your favorite word might be your first name. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, that's that's marketing one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, bro. They don't teach yeah. you this shit in school. And the whole moral of it all is it just ain't that. It's, it's more of together. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this right here, this five fingers. With it separated, we got a hand. You could slap somebody with these five, and it'll hurt them. But if we come together, you'll knock them, you'll knock them <laughs> folks out. You get yeah. what I'm saying? We stronger together. Yeah. So it's important to be together. Like, when I went down there and did with that movie, never worked, I mean, that trust issue the movie, mm -hmm. I could have went down there and, and did that movie on my own. But with the people that I use mm -hmm. and put the right people in position and bringing everybody, 
putting even the people who weren't in the movie going to get all them making their music. The people who didn't do music all want to be in the film using their businesses. The people who had neither putting their clothes in there and all that. All of that, you know what I'm saying, like made that what it is. And I knew that that shit was special when when I made my group page and put it on the group page and get 498 likes and 496 shares. It's like everybody who liked it shared it. That's genuine. You can't even pay for it. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have to pay for it because it was real. Because everybody was deeply invested because they was a part of it. And that's how you have to do shit, man. The more people you get involved, you know, you have to... Don't get them involved in the business. Yeah. Business is for the team. But people that you can involve and get them included and give them somewhat of a job and involve them, they'll do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, get them in there. Now, that, that was up. That was up. I ain't uh, released this... Like, I've been having this, uh, this whole thing about this podcast, man. It's been going on in my head for like two years. But like me personally, I know I ain't the best with the camera, and you know, basically that's why I collab with my with my bro Jason. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I understood that for one, he got a good brand. You know, cause we all from the South Side. Man, I know he used to have birthday parties, bro. Everybody from the damn South Side <laughs> to show up, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then just like his whole relationship with film, like uh, his you know his brother really doing good. the film. Matter of fact, uh, Justin, man, he uh helped you put together your first film, right? Yep, he helped me put together my first film. NWA, yeah. Never Work Again. Yep. Never Work Again. Never really, Work Again. Me and Justin really were just, man, me, Justin, Jason, best friends, really. Sit back, smoke air at night in the car, kick back, laugh. Just <laughs> personal friends, like. And uh, me and some of my personal homies was talking about doing a film, and they laughed. They ain't take it serious. So, you know, I had them fishing over my aunt house one day, and uh, shit. While they was in the middle of talking, Man, that sound like a movie. And we laughed. I walked up to the car. I went and got my rap book. Came mm -hmm. down the hill, opened up the book, wrote that down. I said, now what happened after that? I said, what you mean? I said, y'all said it sounded like a movie. First he did this, then he did that. What happened after that? I said, man, you tripping. I said, man, that little seed right there. I went and wrote a whole damn movie. After I wrote that movie, it turned into me talking about it, explaining it. And one day I went and seen my wife. My wife got my mother-in-law to print it off at Morehouse School of Medicine <laughs> illegally, printing off all them papers. And uh, <laughs> I brought that paper one day. We came to sit in the car. They thought we were just finna smoke. I sat in the car. I pulled that, that script out and padded the script back. Motherfucker <laughs> looked at the script. Soon and nine looked at it. He just included himself. He said, First thing we gonna have to do is. <laughs> and, it, and, and, it, and it went history from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's nah, dope. what's up, bro? Uh, you gonna print you some flyers? Whether you going to Kiku's or more yeah. oh, house, you gonna print you some flyers out, bro? Print some. Right, print so some. I know you did a lot of movies, a lot of uh, web series. Now you're working yeah. on a documentary. Uh, what, like, what are some of the challenges you have faced um, or facing right now to get to the uh, to get to all that done, man? Because I know it ain't all just a easy road. I know you got a lot of roadblocks, especially you networking with hundreds of people. Like, yeah. what are like some of the challenges that you that you go through uh, I, just to get that project? I done? think I think more more than anything, what it is is I know what the issue is, but I also know how to solve the issue and make it peaceful. But um, I think the biggest issue is me communicating with everybody, like a certain people, you know, might feel this away and that away without even really knowing the process of what it takes and, you know, having to understand that they don't know and that being, having tact, having patience, 
you know, your tone, your delivery, and just communicating with different people. Everybody don't can't take a street approach. So you have to speak to them business-wise. Certain people don't understand business. It's like you're talking in cursive. You got to speak to them street. You know, certain females, you got to sweet talk them, even though it ain't nothing like, but it, you know, you just have to work your mood, bro. And like, that's just what I do. Like, every time I do a film, it don't matter if it's 95 people, I probably got at least 30 people that are important. And I develop a personal relationship with all 30. I call them on the phone. I speak to them. If you got a very important role, I'll invite you somewhere at least twice before we film just to see if you're going to show up, to see if I can depend on you because I refuse to put my money into it and we on set and then all of a sudden you got an excuse. If you can't show up to me eating dinner, you can't show up to this such and such event, you can't make those, you definitely ain't going to make the film, so you're fired. You know what I'm saying? Just I, I found my ways to work around certain stuff and figure out certain things. But for the most part, what it is is communicating with people and making people see my vision and understand that like I got it we got it we can do this you know what I'm saying well you got a lot of people backing you man cause of your, you well you see it out there yeah. yeah I think it took for me to do it so many times like see people don't understand the industry is not about can you do it it's about can you do it again yeah. mm. that's the lingo of the of the industry like you'll make a hit Soon as you make a hit, you think you the junk, and then you go into the office and you sit down with the execs and you got the paperwork. First thing they want to know is, can you do it again? You play them a hit, they say, what else you got? Let me hear another one. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't about can you do it one time, it's how many times can you do it? So, you know, for me to do something and then do it successful, then certain people still doubt you, and then you go over here to the other place, another group of people, and you do it. And you go over with another group of people, and you do it. Eventually, people, like, everybody ain't haters, bro. Some folks just yeah. don't want their time wasted. Some yeah. folks just been let down so many times, they just unsure. So you yeah. got to do it enough time for them to be like, oh, okay, all right, man, I'm fucking with that. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've learned that over the years. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's got to be relentless. Yeah, yeah. Persistent. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Hanky, Mr. Hanky. Y'all know Mr. Hanky? From, um... Yeah, he, he made, uh... A million beats, Mr. Hanky do all yeah. the beats. Oh, you know yeah, Ka Mr. Kylepaw, what? Yeah, Mr. Kylepaw. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Hanky, uh, made the... Kicking the work from California. Yeah. He did that one. He did. Uh, oh, that's hard. Yeah, he, yeah, he did also. Lie, yeah. He recently did the the new Usher with City Girls. Also, oh, he's still mm. producing. Yeah, he's still producing. He's yeah. better than ever right now. Yeah, Mr. Hanky doing all the hits. Long story short, I seen him one day and um, we was at uh, what event we was at? Okay, uh, I I had signed a record deal with these okay. people called Rich Mogul, right? Okay. So um, Rich Mogul moving me around, taking me a lot of places, and I. I had walked in a building, and I was at Patchwork. All the big people, all the labor heads and stuff sitting in there. And when it was over, Mr. Hanky pulled me to the side, and he was like, he was like, man, I wrote a new book. He said, I wrote a chapter about you. He said, you don't mind, do you? I said, nah. He said, the chapter is titled Persistence. I said, Persistence? I said, oh, okay. He was like, yeah, man, keep doing your thing, bro. He was like, for years, for years, I've been seeing you moving around doing your thing, bro. And he said, man, keep doing it. Keep going up. I said, thank you, bro. Appreciate you. And then, I'm going to keep it real. I ain't know what persistence means. I had to Google it. <laughs> Google it right quick. I said, what is persistence? It said, persistence basically, and y'all don't quote me, but in a nutshell, it basically said, consistence through difficulties. Yeah. Saying like, even though 
you had roadblock here, a reason not to do it here, a reason to give up, a reason to turn around, but you still just find a way to just keep going. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, yeah, that, that, that do make sense. Sound like me because I just don't give up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm closer to keep going than to turn around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if I turn around, yeah. what I'm going back to? Yeah. You're going to walk a little further. Yeah, ain't got no choice. Got no choice. But and you walking. Going. You feeling, you walking, you on the way to the, the dealership, the private, you know, the airport, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You finna take off. Yes, yeah, sir. Turn around, you walking back home, yeah, hitchhiking. Yeah. Nah, that's what's up. Um, so your first film, NWA, Never Work Again. So where's it, where's that available at? Uh, the first film, Never Work Again. You know, the I didn't I didn't know what I knew what I know now. Okay. So when I made that movie, I had a few uh, issues in it with the uh, music. The mm -hmm. music was. On, Somebody people made songs on other people's beats. We should have went in and edited it, but it uh, I don't know. But long story short, that movie is on YouTube now. See, but when that movie first dropped, that movie was on DVD. Mm, I remember. And my business partners and stuff was thinking like, you know, they got the they got the 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 uh the NWA movie straight out of Compton coming out. And you know, our movie NWA. And I was just like, man, we ain't studying them. We're going to do our... Not realizing that the bootleggers was taking their docu they DVDs and putting NWA on it. And they would walk around the table, I got the NWA. And you think that you finna go see Ice Cube. And when you get home, it'd be me and my homies. <laughs> and that movie traveled. <laughs> that movie traveled state to state to state. And... That was my first time re feeling real superstardom outside of Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always been a star in Georgia. But I don't even remember, like, uh, I think me and my wife, bro, like, we might have been in another country, bro. Like, I don't even remember where we was. We was in another country, though. And we was on a boat. And um, we was in line getting food. And it was a group of girls. They just kept staring at me. Kept staying, you know, I ain't dressed like no star. Like, bro, I got on do-rag, you know what I'm saying? Like, shorts and t-shirt. And the girls just kept staying at me. And, you know, I'm looking at them. And then one of the girls walked over there. It was the one that, that uh, you know what I'm saying, chick with the braids to the back, you know what I'm saying, shorts <laughs> hanging off a little bit. She walked over there. She said, hey, I turn around. I'm like, what's up? I'm thinking they finna add me for some weed or something because I'm black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she say, you ain't that dude in that movie. That shit shocked the hell out of me. I said, what movie? She said, you know, the one where they uh they had robbed the plug and stuff, and then you had got that, that escalate. <laughs> I said, never work again. She said, hey, yeah. She said, that's you. I said, yeah. She turned around. She's like, damn, damn. <laughs> right then and there, I knew I was a motherfucking star. A <laughs> 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 big good tell me then. I was like, hey, bro. Chick know who I am over here, bro. I'm Walking over here and talking about the movie. I think we was in the Bahamas or something. Where we were, mama? Yeah. Yeah, we was in we might we was in the Bahamas or whatever and old girl walked up and was just like, that's you from there. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, damn. And then I knew it would be when I got to my hometown and haters hadn't seen the movie and stuff like that and bought the DVD from the bootleg man, not knowing that it was us. And then um it started getting to the point on Facebook, everybody started taking pictures of the movie cover, posting the movie on Facebook, and I'm like, Bro, like, well, how did you get this movie? You ain't buying it from me. You ain't get it from us. He like, oh no, nah, bro. Um, I got it from the bootleg man at the um, at the D mall. I said what? 
He said, yeah. I was like, which one? He was like, the one. I was like, bro, when that time you going? I want you to show me, show me where you got it. He met up with me. He took me to the D-Mall, walked me into the back, and showed me where they were. Man, that man had a whole stack of our shit right there on the shelf. And I took them doc them DVDs, snatched them off the shelf. We argued. We almost fought. I was ready to beat the African ass. <laughs> took all the DVD and walked up out that bit. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. After that day, nobody else took a picture with my DVD on Facebook. Nobody else told me that they saw it, that didn't get it from us. And I learned that was free promo. They're yeah. just a part of the game. Folk gonna get their hand on it. Folk gonna... I should have just left that alone, you know what I'm saying? After that, later on in life, I seen that dude again. It might have been on down the line, maybe like eight months. So it wasn't even a whole year. And when I seen dude again, I apologized to him. He was afraid of me by that time. And I was just like, <laughs> I was really tripping. I was out of my body. I was doing that wrong. And that ain't how you handle the business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I learned I learned a lesson from that. Free promo. Free promo. That was free promo. And they, handled, they was handing out those samples. And them boy, <laughs> hey, man. Them folk had to, and then on top of that, they had to use the movie, the movie cover that I didn't like. We had to make more than one movie. Yeah, yeah, How the hell y'all yeah. get the cover, bro? It's bootleg. Where y'all find the cover? They didn't cover. I'm talking about they didn't print it. They got the front and back. Got yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. they were booming. They were booming. CD jacket. Damn. Damn. Booming. Yeah. Damn. Man. But yeah, that was my first movie. As of right now, y'all looking for that man? It's called Never Work Again. The movie is on. Um, the movie is on YouTube right now. You can look it up. Shout out Street Is It. Uh, they got it on their thing. See the sound. So go fool with it. And um, I'll give y'all a little bit of game right quick. Uh, so when I got ready to drop the movie, I didn't know what the movie was going to be called. I had wrote the whole movie before I knew what the movie was called. And we decided to name the movie Never Work Again. And it had nothing to do with the movie. The movie got nothing to do with Never Working Again. It's just that Every time I do a project, I'm going to name it something that sounds good to go on a T-shirt. Because even if the movie can't make money, you can merch it. You can put the name on a shirt, socks, keychain, a lighter, a coffee cup, or whatever. So I was like, never work again. Everybody want to never work again. Yeah, we finna never work again, this thing. NWA, that's the acronym. NWA, never work again. Mm -hmm. And that's why I named the movie that. Movie had nothing to do with that work again. I just felt like that that was gonna go dope on a shirt and we could sell it. Genius. Right. Yeah. I remember the end of the movie, uh, like like the old girl was saying, something about a plug or I just remember the end of the movie, you were like, Man, after all this, I ain't gonna never work, work again. again. <laughs> 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 that shit. Like, okay. Yeah, the narration. Hell yeah. Um, I love that movie, man. I love that damn movie. How long do you think it took you to you remember how long it took you to put it together? I don't remember how long it took me to write it and stuff, but I remember, like, I wrote that whole movie on notebook paper, and I remember inviting all the homies over to the crib and and, and give them a synopsis of this is what the movie is, this is what's going to happen. Then I had it on the pool table. I had a pool table. Mm -hmm. I had my own spot over in Riverdale, you know what I'm saying? I had, man, I probably had 80 sheets of paper, you know what I'm saying, stacked up and just with the team, and, you know, we was all in the dirt, and somebody took a picture. And when I look at that picture, it just Make it that led to the day. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It led me to get me where I am today. I don't remember really how long it took. How long? I, it I took. remember how long it took. It took about eight months to write it. About and, eight months. And then I almost took it like a year, because I remember uh, I was doing all the uh, 
social Pro- media. Yep. Pro- Did all this social media, putting it all together. Yep. Yeah. And and you was the first person to get a hoodie or a shirt. Oh, yeah, so yeah. The very sure. first person. Yeah. He was yeah. the very first person to get yeah. merch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I it. saw that merch. I said, oh, man. <laughs> they read They ready to get me some shit. You know man, what I'm saying? Used to be in a um, car like Chris Lover Lover selling the uh, DVDs oh, yeah, out the back of the trunk at the shelf. Man, that was my life. You know what I'm saying? That's what like, he said. He was like, "Did my job? I ain't ever working again." Yeah, I didn't. I didn't work back then. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I would wake up, and I would go to the store, and I would post up at the store, and I would sell my CDs and DVD, and basically for the CDs. And I remember I would be trying to sell CDs for eight dollars, seven dollars, and I would sit out there and be trying to sell them. And sometimes it was difficult to sell these. CDs because everybody ain't got seven eight dollars and then you gotta remember like some folks would rather spend that seven dollars on a pack of cigarettes some folks rather spend that on a on a blunt and a pack of cigars so you got too much competition so some more free game something that I learned back in the day I said all right cool uh, it's easier to make a million dollars if I just sell a million CDs a dollar a piece. So I just got out there and was like, you know what? Everybody else selling their CD five and seven and eight and ten dollars. I was like, bro, I'm finna get at the store, pull up best outfit, pull up in my Chevy. You can tell I ain't broke and I ain't asking you for a dollar. I'm just selling you a CD for a dollar. And then they start going. But then I'm trying to think, how do I make them go faster? Then I came up with a genius idea. I went to Big Lots and bought some Ziploc bags. I took them CDs and I wrote loud. On the CD, I made I named my next tape Loud. Mm-hmm. Music ain't got nothing to do with Loud. Mm-hmm. It's just music. It ain't got nothing to do with Loud, but that's what everybody used to call the gab back in the day, Loud. So mm-hmm. I wrote Loud on the CD and dropped it in a Ziploc bag, and I would post up outside the store because I already looked like I was selling drugs. <laughs> I post up outside the store, and people come by and say, holler at me when you come out. I got $1 bag of Loud. Motherfucker be like, $1 bag of Loud? Hell yeah. Everybody, I'm talking about, bro, I got a line. <laughs> Motherfucker trying to get a one dollar bag alive, and then when they walk up to me, I pull out the Ziploc bag with the CD, and they bust out laughing. Bro, I thought you, for, nah, I am for real, bro. That's my tape. One dollar bag alive. They were like, bro, I'm fucking with this. Here, here go your dollar. <laughs> and it from that moment, I sold CDs to everybody I could sell at the shell to the point where when I would be at the shell before I could even say something, you know, I already got it. I got it. You know, I already got it. Some folk pull up and turn it on and pop it in just because I'm sitting there and let me hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where I had to go down to the mobile. I started selling at the mobile, started booming at the mobile. Mm-hmm. I went to O'Net, started booming at O'Net. O'Net was a little rougher because niggas out there selling their work. You got Jays out there asking for money. Got pimps. And then you got a nigga yeah. out there dressed fresher here like me that they don't know. And you out there and get Chevy and you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm charming the women. The dudes trying to holler at me because I look like I got the work and I got the CD and the music good. Like it, it was kind of rough standing out there, that Chevron in front of yeah. right there in Walmart, 20 grand east out there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like I made my way all around there, went on the south side, man. Got the river there, stop at the get and go. All the hit squad folks, I'm surrounded, everybody everywhere. I'm in the standing on my 10 out there booming every yeah. day and night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was something I just always did. And I also learned patience doing that because I remember sometimes I'd be at the store. I'd be like, $1 bag a lot. Some dudes will walk in. Like, like you're going to see me every day. You'll know if you stand in the store every day, you'll realize that people go to the same store every day. Yeah. Some people go to work. You can tell when they're on the way to work, they come. They come to the store the same time every day. Some folks pull up at the store just all day long. Yeah. 
know what I'm saying? You just learn. Some Jays walk over there and see me over there and be like, oh, I can't compete with him. They walk to another store. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it got to the point where I would be at the store and dudes would walk in the store and come out like $1 bag and they got the money in their hand. They want me to see the money. Yeah. No, nah, I'm straight. Yeah. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Folks, some of them folks just act like that. And eventually, when time passed, some of them folks eventually buy a CD. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some of them ain't about Some of them never bought it, but it just taught me, like, hey, bro, it gonna be some fuck niggas. Some folk gonna act like that. Some folk gonna be haters. Some folk gonna be weird. You can't win everybody over. Mm. But just do what you can. That's mm. all you can do is just do what you can. You know what I'm saying? And that taught me a valuable lesson being out there at the store, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a lot of the averages, you know, you talk to enough people, man. It's because I did a little door to door sales when like when I was like a little younger, like 20, 21. And yeah, man, like you just really gotta stay persistent, like you were saying, bro. And um people buy. Like it, be, it might be the weirdest person that buy. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you didn't sold a couple CDs to somebody, you like, I ain't even think she listened to rap or you know what I'm saying? So that just had a laws of average go. She could have been buying it for her nephew or something, like you were saying before. Yeah. I used to have women pull up to the store that just liked me and would just here, give me five of them. No, nah, nah, he's good. You don't got to do that. Jay, he'll get one. he go $20. Mm. Yeah. I had old folk, grown folks that walk out the store with their lottery and just bad leaving walking. I approach them with the right conversation, the right business motto, and then here you go. he go $10, bro. I love what you're doing. I don't listen to music. I don't even listen to rap. Nah, bro, I got money. I'm not asking for no money. I'm good. I'm not begging for... Nah, you ain't out here begging for nothing, bro. You ain't out here hurting mm -hmm. nobody. I see what you're doing, and I can see what you're going to be in the future. If you keep doing this, here, young blood, take that money right there. But I always paid it for it. When somebody would give me $10 and not take a CD, I'm finna give away at least five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I can always <clears throat> tell who got money and who just being an asshole or who really need the money. And, you know, it was just important when I was out there selling them CDs to, you know, just... I would make sure I stayed out there at least six, seven, eight hours a day. Now you be, bro. I used to see you at the same spot every, every day. <laughs> every every day. day. Real talk, like I know, same, like you said, I used to be one of the dudes going to the store same time, getting the blunt twice a day. Yeah. I see your ass five times a day because you'll be in the neighborhood sometimes. And like you saying, like between the Shell and the Mobile, that's a store I would go to every day, a couple times a day. I might need the orange juice. I might need some cigars. Ain't no telling. I might need a. I might be buying a rubber or something. Mm -hmm. But I definitely used to see you at the damn store every single day. I say trust issues came about. Um, I might have just finished something. I'm not sure what I had just finished. Might have been coming out of the music, just completing the tape, or uh, new music with with Rich Mogul and all that. Had just had a daughter, and I'm trying to figure out the next move. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting back and. I decided, all right, it's going to be a movie, but it got to be big. It can't just be a movie. Who I'm going to add, who I'm going to include, how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to make it bigger than life, how I'm going to make it bigger than ever. Then I decided, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go to Macon. I seen this dude had posted a video of a, of a rapper from Macon, had diamond teeth and all this, and I am like, I like his swag, and I feel like he got some money. I'm going to get some of it. I'm going to put him in the loop. I'm going to make him a star, and I'm going to get paid too. We're going to win together. Cause that's what it's all about. When you see a winner, you go connect and y'all win. You know what I'm saying? So I peeped him and I conversated with him. He was with it. Then I went to go find my star. So I went to their community, found my star to be the main character. And I had them just take me around every hood of making. For people who don't know about making, like, but you die in making. Yeah. Making got a lot going on down there. Yeah. But I picked the right people. And you know, they took me around hood to hood, neighborhood to neighborhood. I shook hands. I, uh, I hosted a couple casting calls, 
And um, we did a couple casting calls. And shit, before we knew it, bro, we went and got this dude named Santrell Davis. Santrell Davis was actually a college professor. Had never done a movie before. Nobody in making, when I did that movie, had ever done their own movie before. Only two people had been in somebody else's movie. Mm. And after working with me one that one time and running it up the way we have now, like, they've taken that same, that whole strategy that I shared with them, and now they're working on their own movie. Yeah, what's up, man? Um, they, they they not reinventing the wheel. They just kind of, uh, they learning from a, a grandmaster, man. So uh, one more thing, man, before we start to wrap this up, man. Um, I was looking at your page, and I actually went out to uh, to Macon, I want to say, to go to the premiere. Not premiere, but the um, like the casting call for the Jared Anderson story. Yeah, Jared Anderson. Um, you know, I know we're gonna see that pretty soon, man. You wanna uh, talk about that for a second? Yeah, uh, the Jared Anderson story. Um, turn that thing sideways, back. Uh, the Jared Anderson story that I've been working on is um, it's the next film that I'm doing. It's um, it's about a guy who sold drugs from. 1981 to 1989, he's from Macon, Georgia. Jerry Anderson made $3 million a week selling bricks of cocaine. He um he was arrested in 1989. They gave him like three consecutive life sentences. And I think that Barack Obama pardoned him in 2019 and let him out of jail. And when he got out, he reached out to me, him and his family. I had never heard of him. I had never even heard his name before. And what was so crazy, I got a cousin named Jamari Zellner. Had not heard from him in a very long time. And all of a sudden, one day out the blue on Facebook, Jamari hits me up Facebook Messenger because he don't even have my number. He said, hey, man, you ever heard of this guy named Dwayne Anderson or something like that? He was like, man, you need to get with him and do a movie. That'll be big. But, you know, everybody called me about movies. To me, you just hypothetically speaking, mm -hmm. uh, what's going on, cuz? Anyway, what else, what else going on? And then after we got off the phone, Man, not even a week later, I get another call, Facebook Messenger, which I hate. And I take the the call, and it's Jerry Anderson's wife. And Jerry Anderson's wife says, hey, I got a husband, and, you know, he did this and his story, this and that. And we saw your last movie that you did, Trust Issues, and we was wondering if you could help us do that for us. And, you know, we sat down, chopped it up, and I went and got Howard Ross. Howard Ross, uh, he did that Take Over Your Trap with 2 Chains and Bankroll Fresh. Okay. Howard Ross did videos for everybody from Drake all the way down to the Migos to plenty of Young Dolph. He basically did all Young Dolph graphics. Uh, Key Glock, he's on tour with Key Glock right now. Like He did, he worked with everybody. Right. I went and got him. We developed a relationship, and I brought him to making. I got him filming the movie. I'm directing and producing it. And we just been going around, just gathering our best actors. We got this this dude named Joshua L. Eady. He's playing Jerry Anderson. He's a great actor. Been in a lot of films. Mm. I went to Ohio and found this girl named Elizabeth Couch. I found her on TikTok. So young people, if you on TikTok and you doing your thing and you doing it right, just know that it can pay off. Cause I had never seen Elizabeth Couch before, and I seen the stuff that she was doing on TikTok, and it was so entertaining to me, and I thought it was funny that uh. I could tell how good she was acting out them characters that she could be an actor. And I reached out to her and she got our starring role playing in this Jerry Anderson film. So, you know, look for that. That's coming soon. Uh, you know, there's a lot I can't say about it, but yeah, we're going to sell that to Netflix. And 
Y'all can be looking for that at the end of the summer. That's going to be real big. Biggest project I ever done. Shout out my wife. You know, she helped me put a lot of it together. Shout out Jerry Anderson. Shout out his wife, Ernestine Anderson. Um, Lanita. Uh, she, like, I, I've had so much help with this thing. And it's a blessing that they city been embracing me, helping me do what I'm doing. Because this, this big, it's a blessing. Okay. So before we play this or that, you got anything you want to uh, add? No, we can continue. Okay, man, we got a little game we play called This or That. You just basically choose A or B. You ready, man? Okay. I don't even know what y'all, what I'm getting myself into. Let's do it. Okay. Which movie you had more fun with creating, NWA or Trust Issues? Trust Issues. Because you kind of... More experience, more know experience. what I'm doing. Okay. What you, uh, what's funner to you, rapping or acting? Mm, I don't know. I love rap. Rap my passion. Rap led me here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I really wasn't even no hustler. I just was a rapper with no money, so I started hustling to get money to rap, and I just got so good at hustling, I forgot to rap. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would probably say rap. Okay. Um, acting or producing? Uh, producing. Okay. Um, credit or cash? Both. Both. Yeah. Now, one thing about you, man, I know you're really excellent at executing OPM, other people's money. Like, I've I've been places with you, bro. Like, you, i seen you get a free club night before. Let all your homies in. They just want us to spend money. Yeah. Yeah. Communication. Networking. This is going to be an easy one, man. Basketball or football? I played football, but I think I'd rather watch basketball. Okay. 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 Um... Let me see. ATL or Monroe? Shit, Monroe forever. I'm Monroe to forever. For, for, for many reasons. And I didn't just say it's my hometown. It's like ATL so distracted that they, they got so many options. Why me? You go to Monroe County, I can forever, I can I can forever get ten dollars from a thousand people and make ten thousand mm -hmm. all the time. Some folks ain't never had a ten. You got the formula. I can make a ten eight. I can these folks fuck with me so much, I can just be honest and say, hey, I want to do this, but it's gonna cost this much. How many people are willing to send me $20? Here go my cash out. The money will come like that. Mm. They just send it. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't utilize that. I don't do things like that. But just knowing that I'm capable, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. love the fact or the love that they show me. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they know that I'm gonna do the right thing. Like you said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't made so many deposits in my city that I'm that I can get withdrawals. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. No, I got you. I mean, hometown advantage, bro. I mean, I definitely, that's what I expected, man. So, um, so we're going to wrap this conversation up now, man. You got anything you want to add or shout out before we get out of here? Uh, I got so many things, man. I want to say, I want to say shout out to the clothing line, the Fight the Arts. Shout out to the film company, uh, uh, Not Law Digital. Shout out to my prop company, Prop Guards ATL. Shout out to Uber. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, bro, like, I'm, I'm a hustler, bro. I do so many things. I want to tell people, bro, never be too gangster to go to work. If I knew, if I knew all the stuff I know now, man, me and my family would be so much further now. You know what I'm saying? I'm a grown man. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a filmmaker. You know what I'm saying? I'm an entrepreneur. I just tell people, bro, if you sure about it, man, go hard. And when you at your nine to five, be thinking about your five to nine. You know, know, know how much it takes to put into what you got planned Know who you're going to call when it's time so that when everything comes into fruition, you can actually do it and make things happen. You know what I'm saying? It's very important. You know what I'm saying? Like just some people get the money, 
and it be gone because they don't have a plan. So it's important to have a plan and know what you want to do. When your opportunity comes, you can take advantage. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, man, I got a thousand things I can say to y'all. I ain't going to talk y'all here at all, man. I hope y'all soaked up some game from what I dropped off on y'all today. Appreciate y'all gentlemen for having me, man. For real, man. So where, where everybody can find you at, though, man? Man, y'all can find me. I, I'd rather say Google me, you know what I'm saying, so you can have your option or what you want to check me out on, you know what I'm saying? I got films, you know what I'm saying? You know, the film company, prop company, clothes, lawn service, you know, all different type of things, man. So um, y'all just... Google John Claude. John Claude. J-O-N-C-L-A-W-D. You know, I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I love Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Y'all check me out. But people don't know I'm really an undercover comedian. You know what I'm saying? I'm really <laughs> silly in here. I don't take myself too serious. That's what a lot of y'all do. You take yourself too serious. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't got to be a gangster. You ain't going to know I'm a gangster until it's too late. I'm going to be very <laughs> silly until I slap your mustache off. You get it? <laughs> but nah, really, you know what I'm saying? Don't take yourself too serious, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, man. I remember one time you said, I'm going to quote you, man. Don't rap to try to get rich. Get rich and start rapping, man. And my mm -hmm. line, man, this has been another episode of Multiple Streams by any means, man. And remember, good things go to those that hustle. Facts. Sure.